the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode 28, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. Uh, I'm Mike Crockett. Extended hiatus, yada, yada, yada. He's the kingpin, woofle object, yada, yada, yada. Brian, I'm excited. It's time to celebrate. What do you think? Let's celebrate. I don't know, Mike. I'm scared right now. You're scaring me. You imagine the week we had? You know what's going on, right? <laughs> I do know what's going on. Now, now I know what this excitement is about. You hear the music? The music? You hear that music? Sure. <laughs> we we're adding in a post. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you hear that music? I hear the music. All right. <laughs> well, we're excited. We're happy. You might not have seen it on Twitter. I mean, we're talking about Hell in a Cell. We're going to get to that in a minute. And that's something I guess to be excited about. But the real excitement, Brian, is the fact that the Win a Date with Todd Sinclair campaign is renewed. I'm celebrating. John Morris is celebrating. Me and him are dancing in the streets. It's like David Bowie and Mick Jagger. We're dancing in the streets, Brian. Hold on, hold on. Let's go to let's go to a comment uh, from from Todd Sinclair on this. Todd, uh, I want to know what do you think about uh, win a date with Todd Sinclair coming back? Todd. Todd, anything to say? Uh, I guess he's speechless. Yes. Uh, if you didn't <laughs> see on our Twitter uh, the past couple days. Brian, I am 100% convinced that it was John Morse, my friend, at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N, I believe is his Twitter handle. I'm not looking at it, and it's not in front of me at the moment. I truly believe there was a tweet by Ring of Honor. I think this might have been Thursday. It was just for no, some reason. No, it was on Friday. This is on was fr- it? Yeah, yeah. It was on. It was on Friday. It was while uh, I was actually uh, en route to to Baltimore, Maryland, with one Todd Sinclair, and we got to our hotel room, and uh, this is when this all emerged. Yes, they strangely tweeted out pictures of the referees in Ring of Honor: Todd Sinclair, Brian Gorey, Paul Turner, just like full body shots. Bobby Cruz's like picture as well. I yes, think. just like randomly uh, sent these out and. John Morse, my good friend, my new best friend, Brian. We've talked about the, this before. He's my new best friend. He tweeted at Daniel Bryan, what about the winner date with Todd Sinclair? Uh, that whole deal. And hours later, hours later, Daniel Bryan responded to that original Ring of Honor post saying, hashtag win a date with Todd Sinclair, hashtag it's still alive. And it was retweeted by Ring of Honor. Yes, <laughs> and you can't convince me otherwise that Daniel Bryan didn't somehow see that in his mentions and it clicked something in his head and he made that post. You cannot <laughs> convince me otherwise, uh, I, Brian. I would concur. I would concur. So it is on. We, If you didn't go back, go back and listen to episode 23 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, our interview with uh, Ring of Honor senior official Todd Sinclair where he talked about this campaign that was conceived by one Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan. It came back when he was on hiatus from WWE, and when he went back soon thereafter, it it lay dormant for many a year until we brought it up on this podcast, Brian. 
And the man, John Morris, did the work. He put in the time. He put in the effort. He put in the energy. And it's all paid off. And I am just elated. And I, and I want to extend an invitation to Daniel Bryan. Anytime he wants to come on this podcast and discuss Win a Day with Todd Sinclair, we are more than happy to clear our schedules and oblige. <laughs> I mean, we're happy to be the flagship podcast of Win a Day with Todd Sinclair. Sure. We, yeah, we clear, we clear our <laughs> schedules and make sure that we're available fit for that. In. We can fit him in. Yeah, that would be, that would be very nice. But the, the person who's not elated and excited, as you mentioned, was Todd Sinclair. I was hoping to get him on like via Skype and get a comment from him if if he's been in contact with the with the man who conceived this whole win a date with Todd Sinclair campaign you had mentioned that you were with Todd and you said Todd wants nothing to do with it and I texted him tonight and said is this true that you have no comment and uh, nothing to say about the revival of the win a date with Todd Sinclair campaign and his answer was 100% 100 yes, percent no comment he's he's not happy about it he refuses to speak about it yeah so uh that's where we stand with it he's not a willing participant we're gonna have to drag him along kicking and screaming doesn't he know this would do wonders for our podcast <laughs> does he want to help us out i don't think he cares <laughs> give us a break todd just go on a couple dates with some with some lovely ladies you deserve it and you know by proxy we will deserve it that'd be so nice so, everybody out there, hashtag win a date with Todd Sinclair. Let's keep this going. Daniel Bryan, hopefully, he's back 100%. He's on the bandwagon. He's back on. It's still alive. Hashtag it's still alive. I just I want to see this thing flourish. I want more videos. I want to see Todd on some dates. He deserves it. Yeah, and Adam Pierce also with, with WWE as well. So this could be like a cross-promotional. We, we could be bringing <laughs> the, the, the WWE and the Ring of Honor brands together in harmony. How about that? That would be so nice. Huh? We are, we are going to build that bridge. The wrestling podcast about nothing. Adam Pierce, if you'd like to come on and talk about it, that would be absolutely fantastic. Because we can't get, apparently, the Ring of Honor senior official Todd Sinclair on to talk about it. <laughs> Should have Mucko on to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> Mucko, let's, uh, let's get this done. All right. So, I mean, that fantastic news out of the way, Brian. You did mention that you did go down to ROH this weekend. You had a, another wonderful experience down at uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great just to, just to be around and be around the guys and, uh, you know, chit-chat and... You know all that sorts of good stuff. Uh, again, I have, I have nothing, nothing to announce. Nothing is imminent, right. but uh, you know, just I'm excited. I'm excited, and obviously, I'm trying to, you know, speak with them and see if uh, there's any interest both ways here, and you know, all that good stuff. But yeah, just another great experience. Really appreciate them allowing me to uh, be around, and um, I didn't do anything this time, unlike uh, the last TV tapings. Um, so Saturday night, was just able to sit back. You know, and take in the TV tapings in Baltimore, and uh, it was a great experience. So uh, we'll see if anything comes of this. It's a uh, could be great things for you, and we'll have to sit back and yeah. I'll tell you what. Though, you, I'll tell you. What, you know one thing. Uh, any any of the stuff, uh, if if anything does happen, I guess you'll know where you hear it first. <laughs> I guess right here on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Me, not, that's not that's not true. Pro- probably ringofhonor.com or something, or like you read TV results or something. <laughs> me and my me and my new co-host will announce it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, so also we want to talk about. We want to mention quickly something extra. We've added it to the podcast feed. So every week on Thursday, in addition to this show on Mondays, the uh, the full-sized wrestling podcast about nothing podcast, we will also give you something extra. It's like 10 minutes. It's a nice bite-sized bonus audio. You're just uh, one topic. We talk about it. You vote on it on uh, at the WPAN on Twitter. And uh, this next week, we're going to be talking about our favorite attitude era angle. Got any, got any ideas in mind? Maybe. I might have a couple, yeah. All right. Well, look for that on Thursday, folks. Uh, what? What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you, folks, for downloading this episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. And you can get it every Monday, as I mentioned, on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, and, of course, BDARadio.com. 
And if you're listening right now on the Podcast Radio Network, thanks for tuning in. We'd love to hear what you think. Tweet us at the WPAN, and you can find us on the Podcast Radio Network each and every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Go to podcastradionetwork.net for more. Also, folks, don't forget those three S's. Share, subscribe, star rating. Thank you to all of our listeners, friends, fellow podcasters who have shared the show on Twitter. It really helps, and we appreciate it. And we announced last week a contest to earn one lucky listener a free Kingpin Combo Pack, Brian, featuring a color 8x10 and an I'm a Pinhead Kingpin Brian Malonis t-shirt. Stay tuned. We will talk more about how you can enter at the end of this podcast. And coming up today... On this podcast, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Of course, we'll have Merv Griffin time, a promo about nothing, and a whole lot more. But first, let's get right to WWE Hell in a Cell, Brian. Yeah. Pretty darn good show, huh? What do you think? I I would concur. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was a little concerned going in with the three cell matches. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. Uh, I think that's tough on the uh, combatants. I think that's tough on the show to have three matches of that magnitude. But yeah, pretty much top to bottom. I, I mean, just a good a good pay-per-view, a good entertaining pay-per-view. I stayed awake for the whole thing, which is amazing considering I got in at 9 a.m. this morning. So, uh, you know, I think, that, I think that says something. I have enough energy for the both of us today, Brian. Uh, it sounds like it. That's because you probably <laughs> got a full night's sleep last night. <laughs> well, not exactly, but you know. Yeah, as you mentioned, three Hell in a Cell matches, and the big news all week was which match would go on last. There was an announcement at one point oh, from McFoley. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah, we was wondering what match, what match did go on last. It was the Raw women's title match, Brian, between oh. Sasha Banks and Charlotte. And someone huh. on this podcast made that prediction a number of weeks ago. Before this whole thing kind of blew up online and it was even talked about by Mick Foley, you had predicted it. Uh, me? Yes, you did. Oh, all right. It's almost like it's almost like I know what I'm talking about here. Huh? <laughs> it's like I'm a smart guy. Nothing perks you up like a good compliment, right? <laughs> right, Brian? <laughs> when we put you over, there, nothing gets you more excited. I, I am the Barry Horowitz of the of the <laughs> wrestling podcast about nothing. Look, I'm doing it, Mike. I'm oh. doing it. You can hear you can hear the slapping. The I'm patting myself on the back. Yes, indeed. Slap the shit you. out of myself there. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You need to make sure that you get that on recorded on the microphone. All right, Brian, let's get into the show then. It started off with the Hell in the Cell match. It was Rusev with the ravishing Russian Lana versus Roman Reigns, the U.S. champion. The U.S. title was on the line. And your referee is John Cohn, Brian. Who gives a crap? <laughs> So uh, early on, Rusev was shoved off the apron into the cell, and uh, he started bleeding a little bit from his tricep, and they acknowledged that on commentary, which I thought was kind of a change of pace uh, philosophy-wise from the past where they, if someone was bleeding, they kind of would avoid talking about it at all, but they made sure to say, oh, he's got a laceration on his arm, which uh, I thought was Such a laceration. Yes. <laughs> it was a laceration. It was, I thought that was interesting that they acknowledged it, but that was the only blood loss we saw in the cell matches. Yeah, and amazingly, the uh, the referee didn't get in full uh, full hazmat suit, as <laughs> normally happens with uh, with blood these days. <laughs> no, he, no, he did not. He was able to avoid all of that uh, mess. So they spent a lot of time on the outside at the beginning, going into the stairs, into the cell, into the post, uh, ramming him with the stairs. Uh, they teased a table at one point. Didn't really happen. Uh, there was a Superman punch and a kick out. The, uh, the accolade was tr- attempted once and uh, unsuccessfully. I was going to say, from, are you going through like, the chain spot here? Not, not oh, yet, okay, not okay. yet okay. Brian. I'm jumping the gun. Not jumping yet, the gun. We're getting to it. But uh, yeah, Rusev does get a steel chain, uh, ends up using it on Roman. He steps into the ring with it. He's one of well, I'm oh my god, I'm, my notes are just there's a he, lot of them, Brian. And for 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 the folks at home, he, it's not like he took handwritten notes here. He's reading off a computer screen, so he can't <laughs> even decipher. It's it's not like the chicken scratch he can't decipher. It's uh, you know the sequence of the words, the, the sentence construction that he can't uh, decipher. I mean, I'm I'm typing, I'm tweeting, I'm eating, I'm doing all sorts of things, Brian. I can't, you can't, you don't know what I'm going through over there on the uh, other end while you're 
like uh, you know, trying to avoid nodding off after your <laughs> after your uh, rough night yesterday. So, anyways, let's get, so the, you mentioned the chain. They build yes. up to this spot where where he has the accolade on and the chain wrapped around Roman Reigns' mouth. Yes. And of all the things I've seen, as a professional wrestler, of all the things I watched tonight, that would be the thing I'd want to to take part in the least. Of all the crazy bumps there was, and I can't imagine a chain wrapped around my mouth, no matter how you know light he may have been with it, and how much you know, like there's no way it didn't look light. Oh, it didn't <laughs> look light. No, it looked devastating. I would never want a chain wrapped around my mouth. I'd be too afraid to lose my pearly whites. So he had the accolade, yes, with the chain across his mouth. He would, they were on the uh, steps in the ring that the uh, you know the stairs had been brought into the ring, and they did that on the steps. Roman works up, gets Rusev on his shoulders, gives him a Samoan drop on the steps, and then Roman spears Rusev off the steps for the win. Roman Reigns retains the United States Championship. I think of the of the three cell matches, this one clearly the most sub. Not that it was a bad match. I thought it was a good match. It was just it was the least necessary in the cell, and I think the most subdued of the of the of the three cell matches. Uh, obviously, they were toned down quite a bit. And they were the they, of the three. They were the one I think that probably made the sacrifice of well, you know, don't go don't go hog wild with the. Uh, I think they still did plenty. They did. I mean, they they. Did. I think Hell in a Cell is a different level of. It's supposed to be a different level of, of violence. Right. You know, it's supposed to be beyond even a hardcore match, you know? All right. So from there, we go to Bailey versus Dana Brooke. Sean Matt Bennett is your referee, our very good friend. And this is kind of the traditional women's uh, breather match <laughs> after a pig. After a pig. So it's kind of like, you know, two steps forward, one step back in terms of this women's match just kind of being there. The crowd wasn't really into it. I kind of said on Twitter that there's no connection with this Bailey. I think. Since she's been up on the main roster, I don't think people understand like yeah, they're, who they're relying, Bailey is. Yeah, they're relying on people knowing the NXT product. Right. Um, which I'm sure a segment of the fans do. Um, but I think there needs, yeah, there needs to be more character establishment of why the hugging and why, you know, all the, all the kind of crazy stuff she does. Because clearly, I think, uh, you know, with what happens later in the night, I, I think Bailey is, you know, probably in line for a significant program coming up here. Right. On, on television, yeah. Yeah, and I think Bailey should have gone back to being like how she was in NXT at the beginning. And when she comes up to the main roster, it's like, wow, she's meeting all these guys that she's watched on TV. So she did, she should have been that fangirl like she was at the beginning of NXT where she was so excited to be there and so happy to do anything in a wrestling ring. Now, when she goes up to Raw, it's like, wow, there's, you know, there's this guy, there's that guy, there's John Cena. Oh, he's on SmackDown, but there's all these guys. Oh, she should have been like fangirl all over again. And she was just a girl with a ponytail. Yeah, me. I mean, I think that sometimes they're reluctant to do things like that because they don't want, they probably don't want people to look at her as less than what the other people there are. I'm sure they want it to, you know, they want her to look like she's on par with everybody there as far as star power goes. Um, but she's talented. She'll get there. They'll figure it out. Uh, I think, I think, uh, I think, I, I think it'll be fine ultimately. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're onto something with, they just don't have the, connection right now and there needs to be because yeah because there needs to be some sort of establishment of who is she why is she act like this like what's her deal right the story of this match was uh bailey's shoulder was injured she had that uh kinesio tape on her shoulder yes which has been it's like a you know paint a target on you you know if we're talking like a gorilla monsoon here so the shoulder was worked on by dana brooke and Bailey was able to overcome and hit the Bailey to belly to win the match. So as you said, it looks like she might uh, be moving up to a title match, perhaps. So we'll see. There was a promo with Mick Foley, Stephanie McMahon, and Chris Jericho joined them. The little uh, stuff with the list, which is always Jericho is one of the best things. On WWE programming, how many times has he reinvented himself and just amazing? I, I think I think at first too, this this run with WWE was not going great. Uh, like the stuff with AJ Styles and and then I don't know, like the stuff with Kevin Owens has just been magical. 
He's like the Madonna of pro wrestling. Yes. Always reinventing himself. Uh, okay, so the next match was Enzo and Cass versus Gallows and Anderson. Rod Zapata, your friend Spider, was the referee. Uh, so they made res- references to Larry Bird and Big Poppy in their promo, you know, making sure that they pander properly to the Boston crowd. And you can't teach that. <laughs> uh, Cass tossed Enzo around as usual all over the place for the shine. And uh, I believe, yes, Enzo took the heat in this match. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> but uh, like it, it's, it's like a regular Scotty Slade and Brian Malonis team. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, it was the Magic Killer and the club comes out victorious. It was a kind of a quick match as the uh, match before it with uh, Bailey and Dana Brooke. And, uh, yeah, they did what they had to do. They got in, they got out, and Gallows and Anderson, it seems like they're attempting to rebuild them after uh, kind of stuttering with those two from the start of their tenure. Yeah, I, I, t- I kind of tweeted it out, and, and I think, you know, uh, the women's division gets a lot of gets a lot of play, as it rightfully should right now, but I think the tag team division, especially on the Raw side, is, is looking pretty good. With with you know uh, with Anderson and Gallows and uh, Enzo and Cass and then obviously you know the New Day, you know, Sheamus and Cesaro. If you like that pairing, I think looking pretty strong right now. Let's move on to the second Hell in the Cell match. Brian, Kevin Steen defending the Universal Ooh. Title. Oh, Kevin Owens defending the Universal Title against Seth Rollins. Chad Patton is your referee. Well, he started as the referee, Brian. We'll get into that in a second. And Seth had that tape on his back, which, as I mentioned earlier, puts a big target on it. WWE keeping whatever company makes that tape in business right now. (laughs) Um, So Seth sets up a table early on, and it just kind of stays there uh, for, you know, the majority of the match. Uh, At one point... Commentary missed this, but Seth's gum fell onto the canvas, and uh, Kevin Owens picked it up and started chewing it. Oh, I missed that too. That's horrible. Yeah, that's that was a nice little thing for the for the kids out there. Canvas gum is no, that's not good for. I you. wrestled Keith Lee, and it fell out of his mouth, and uh, I picked it up and I put it on uh, Ref Quinn's shirt. He thought I was going to shove it in his mouth, but I was like, no, I would never do that to somebody. That's horrible. That's completely <laughs> disgusting. What's wrong with that? It's no. horrible. Ah, uh, come on. Not because it's Keith Lee's gum. It's just it's another human being's gum out of their filthy, disgusting mouth. That's horrible. Kevin Kevin Owens is a pig. Oh, how dare you. Uh, okay, so Kevin Owens tossed Seth like a dart into the cage from the ring. There is a cannonball in the ring, a cannonball against the cage. There is a fantastic sequence with a, uh, a pop-up powerbomb that was avo- avoided, a pedigree, but then he was backdropped, but Seth Rollins landed on his feet. They traded kicks back and forth. Owens ends up with a lariat. It was uh, like a really uh, hot sequence, and the fans just went bananas for that one. Uh, There's a second table set up at this point. It was put on top of the first table that, that Seth Rollins put up, but it was slanted down from the cage, like and the legs were stuck into the into the cell, so it was slanted downwards, and there was a table underneath it. So, if you picture that in your mind, uh, that comes into play a little later on. There's a fire extinguisher spot. He uh, Owens got a fire extinguisher from under the ring, and he was trying to figure out how to use it, and ends up blowing the stuff into the ref's face. So the ref, the first ref, Chad Patton, was blinded by the fire extinguisher and was taken out of the ring by John Cone. And as Cone takes Patton out of the cage, Jericho runs down the aisle to a big pop and gets in the cage, chains the door from the inside. John Cone takes over as the referee from this point out. And Jericho was kind of like a pinball was knocked all over the place really from the start. As soon as Jericho got there, he got up on the apron, and he was knocked into the cage head first. They did more stuff. Jericho went up to the top, and he went to jump off on Seth Rollins, and he was kicked in the gut, and he was given a pedigree. Seth Rollins gets Kevin up barely for that powerbomb, the big spot with the tables. That, that was crazy. And then the, the fact that Seth Rollins was able to pull – I mean, Kevin Owens is probably, what, 280 to 300 pounds, somewhere in that range? Yeah. I mean, and and Seth Rollins is not. It's just he's probably maybe two hundred pounds, maybe 
200 pounds. Right. And for him to be able to lose it and then pull him back up, incredible. Absolutely incredible stuff. Yeah, it looks like, um, if you remember way back in WCW, uh, Kevin Nash and uh, Big Show, where Kevin Nash was trying to get the Big Show up for a jackknife, but he couldn't, and he ended up just dropping him on his neck. But at this point, they actually were able to correct and get Owens up onto his shoulders, and he tossed him over the top rope, onto that table that was slanted, and he went through that table and the table that Seth Rollins had originally set up underneath. It was a big table bump and looked spectacular, and the crowd went wild. So from there, there was a frog splash by Seth Rollins once he pulled Owens into the ring, and it was a big false one, two. Jericho's back up, pulls the ref out of the ring. So the frog splash does not lead to the finish. And from there, Seth went after Jericho on the outside. He gave him the, you know, it wasn't a buckle bomb, it was a cell bomb. He picked him up in a power bomb position, tossed this him is, This is where we were treated to Chris Jericho's butt crack? Yes. Uh. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's the gift of Jericho. Drink it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pop-up power bomb uh, in the ring by Kevin Owens. And, of course, Seth kicked out. There are chairs introduced by Jericho. Kevin hits Seth Rollins. Rollins fires back, hits both Kevin and Chris. But the odds were against Seth from the start. There was a powerbomb by Kevin Owens through the chairs that were set up in the ring. Three count, retaining the Universal Championship, Kevin Owens. I saw a lot of complaining on Twitter and stuff about Jericho's involvement in this match, which... I don't know. I liked it. I thought I thought I thought it was done well. Clearly, the story continues. I think I think they needed a way. Uh, obviously, they're not done with the story yet. Uh, but usually, Hell in a Cell is a culmination of of a feud. They needed a, they needed a reason for this thing to go on. So, quit your bitching. You don't know where the story's going. <laughs> yes, and after the match, Jericho hit a code breaker on Seth Rollins after uh, Owens had already left the cage. So um, I'm not sure exactly where it's going, but it's definitely going somewhere, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. After that match, it was the next breather match, which ended up being the Cruiserweight Championship match. <laughs> uh, TJ Perkins defending the championship against Brian Kendrick. Well, they needed a breather. They needed 20 minutes to change the ropes in the canvas. Yes, yes. Uh, we got word, actually, uh, the New Age Insiders tweeted they were at the event, yeah, they needed extra time because the ropes weren't done. They called extra ring crew to ringside to to finish doing the ropes. You could tell too yeah. they were they were um, stalling. They weren't showing the ropes when the guys were coming towards the ring. They went back to the announcers a second time after both guys had approached the ring. So it's yeah the cruiserweight thing. We should probably get into this, Brian. I I, I mean I yeah I appreciate the effort. It just seems completely unnecessary for the canvas and the ropes, and I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, we're, if we're speaking of connections like we were for Bailey earlier, the Cruiserweight thing hasn't been connecting. I, I, think, I think instead of making the ropes different, the canvas different, why not let the wrestlers be different? It seems like since the Cruiserweight Classic, since they moved to Raw... It's the same old, same old. It's the you know the one dive is allotted per match. It's it just doesn't seem like that freshness of the cruiserweight classic. It's just not there since they've been they, on the main they roster. They literally just need to go back and watch the old Nitro episodes where they would just pretty much let the cruiserweights go out and do whatever the hell they wanted, <laughs> and, right? And be just completely different than anything else on the shows. Uh, half the time, the cruiserweights in WCW didn't even have stories. It was just, yes, go out and have a great match. But they're on Raw, so they have to have a story. <laughs> and this, well, I'm fine for the cruiserweight championship having having a story behind it. That that's fine. But just I don't know. Let to me, yeah, that <laughs> makes it just like every other thing on a Raw. It's the same thing you see on a Raw every match except there's purple ropes. This this story basically is Brian Kendrick wants TJ Perkins to do the job, which is kind of like, you know, like a Vince Russo thing. <laughs> That's the story of the match where Kendrick, please put me over, Perkins. Please lay down for me. And it's just I don't like it. <laughs> I don't 
understand why they have to have this silly story. Just get the guys out there in the ring having great matches, and I don't think they're allowed to do so. Well, because it's, I mean, I think it's, you had a situation in the Cruiserweight Classic, and if you heard TJ Perkins talk about it on, I believe, Jericho's podcast recently, uh, he kind of talked about how in the Cruiserweight Classic, they weren't overly produced. They were just kind of allowed to go out there and, you know, they're given a time and given a lot of creative freedom. I'm guessing now they're not a lot of the same freedoms that they might have been in that tournament. Right. And... Your highlight of this match was the person at ringside <laughs> who yelled to Brian Kendrick. Get a haircut, you fucking hippie. Yes. <laughs> Did you notice like, the, the, a numerous times tonight, singular voices in the crowd. It's like they had, I don't know if they had oversensitive mics or like the, the crowd was mic'd up in the front row or something. But. I think it was just that the the announcers weren't speaking as much they would lay out as as Vince McMahon I think likes to say they just don't say anything and let the let the crowd's emotion tell the story but instead they you know got a guy saying you fucking hippie I want to I want to say thank you to that genius who uh, <laughs> who did that I really appreciated that uh, that moment <laughs> so in the end Brian Kendrick wins the cruiserweight championship and we talk about having a different feel for the cruiserweights. I think Brian Kendrick, a guy who's been in WWE before, who kind of knows the WWE deal, I think that's the exact wrong person <laughs> to be the cruiserweight champion. It just makes me think this is the same old, same old WWE guy wins the WWE championship, and I think he is not the guy to to carry this mantle. Well, I don't know. Could he be a transition champion to say like a guy like Rich Swan, who I think they are? I mean, you weren't here; you were running late as usual. <clears throat> um, but they had Rich Swan on the the panel, the uh, the pre show to talk about this match, which I think probably a better spot to establish himself than the six man tag that was on the pre show, the six man cruiserweight tag. I think Rich Swan's going to be the guy coming up here soon wait you mean the guy that i predicted would be the breakout yeah star? i think i think he's starting to become <laughs> that breakout star of uh i still think tj perkins is going to be a vital part of it as well but i think rich swan is is probably next in line i sure hope so yeah i think he's he's got something he's got the charisma he's got dance moves he and he's different and I, as much as i like brian kendrick he's just he's standard wwe and that's not what I think the cruiserweight division needs at this, this time. This, I don't like the way this podcast is going lately, Mike. It's probably with the TNA episode. You got upset with me because I was critical of TNA, and then and then now it's the typical WWE stuff. I, I think I, I don't know. Is Mike Mills rubbing off on you? Next, you're going to be bashing Triple H. You're going to be calling him <laughs> Paul Levesque, and you're going to be bashing him. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I won't, we won't go that. Far, I know you guys are longtime close personal friends, but me and Paul. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so they had a plug next for NXT TakeOver, which I think is kind of something new. They plugged Nakamura versus Joe uh, for the TakeOver show right before Survivor Series. And, of course, they plugged the Survivor Series, saying it's the one night of the year where Raw and SmackDown face off against each other, Brian. False. One night of the year. False. One night of the year. False. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, see it's going to be the one night for the remainder of this year. Well, except we'll for see. The, except for the three Raws where there's crossover and face to face and oh yeah, all leading that up stuff. to leading up to the show, it's yes. gonna be uh, <laughs> you're gonna go bananas. It's gonna be all over the place. You're gonna love it. From there, we went to the Raw Tag Team Championship match, the New Day, Xavier Woods and Biggie. Yeah, this I, time. I called Kofi out. This promo here they cut. Hey, Kofi, take it easy on the fat comments here. No hate. Come on, take it easy. Take it easy with the fat comments, Kofi. Did you uh, send him a personal message to? Uh... I tweeted him. Oh, yeah, I tweeted him. I know I called him all publicly. Wow. For that, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put him on blast. <laughs> oh boy. All right, so it was Woods and Big E who were actually competing in the match, and Kofi would be at ringside against Sheamus and Cesaro, the old odd couple tag team. Brian, Sean, Matt, Bennett. Your referee. Of course, as you mentioned, Kofi uh, talked on the microphone before the match, getting over that he's from Boston, that he's wearing Gronk's sneakers. 
But as I mentioned, he was not a part of the match. Well, he did become a part of the match a little later on, Brian. So for the heat, Cesaro was legal and Sheamus is on the apron and Woods was on the apron and Sheamus knocked Woods to the floor and kind of Cesaro was mad about that because, you know, they're at odds. Uh, belly to bellies by Big E when he got it, came in for the hot tag. Uh, at one point, Sheamus went for the bro kick, actually hit Cesaro. So Woods goes for the cover. Sheamus did come back in for the save. Sharpshooter by Cesaro. As this sharpshooter was happening in the ring on Xavier Woods, Sheamus was on the outside. He hit Big E on the floor with a trombone. Kofi hit Trouble in Paradise on Sheamus. Referee Matt Bennett saw this happening on the outside, called for the DQ, and at the same time, Xavier Woods started tapping out to the sharpshooter. So it was Sheamus and Cesaro over, but by disqualification because the ref called for the DQ for the big battle going on the outside before Xavier Woods tapped out on the inside. Well, I wonder if we're going to see this match tomorrow night on Raw, or tonight on Raw. <laughs> you never know, Brian. You never know. I love the obligatory next night on Raw where you have the rematch, all the rematches <laughs> from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter these days with the WWE Network and all that stuff, right? All right, so Goldberg and Lesnar was hyped up next. Uh, they called it Fantasy Warfare, and that is confirmed for the Survivor Series next month, Brian. What do you think, Goldberg and Lesnar? I mean, it's I mean, it's a big it's a high profile match. I don't I don't think it's going to be the light that fans are going to want to see Goldberg in for the last time, you know, being suplexed 87 times and I I don't know. I I mean, we've talked about it. I think it would be better served that you put Goldberg versus Bo Dallas and while it doesn't have the mega appeal that Goldberg versus Lesnar has, you get to see Goldberg hit some spears, hit a jackhammer, dominate somebody. I think that would have been much better served than what we're going to get. Well, I assume that happens, not in an official match capacity, but I assume that happens in the lead-up to Survivor Series. I mean, Goldberg will be on Raw tonight as you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, I assume someone is getting speared and Jack Cameron before that event, but it just won't be in an official match capacity. WWE is so good at ignoring things that have happened in the past. Like all the, <laughs> all the recent talk of like, First ever raw this. First ever brand extension this. And it's like, you've already done the brand extension. Now they're acting like Brock Lesnar and Goldberg never wrestled before. In reality, they got booed out of the freaking building at WrestleMania 20. Well, speaking of first ever, Brian, this next match, the main event for the first ever women's championship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hell in a Cell, Charlotte versus the defending Raw Women's Champion, Sasha Banks. Yes, it was your main event of the evening in Boston at the TD Garden. Rod Zapata, your friend Brian, is the referee. Of course, the queen, Charlotte, came out on a throne, and Sasha Banks came out in a black SUV, and uh, we saw some luminaries escorting her to we ringside. Did. We did. And they talked about uh, also uh, the New England Pro Wrestling Academy during her Yes, Byron Saxton during her entrance. did name drop the NEPWA. Mm-hmm. Look up NEProWrestling.com if you want to be a professional wrestler and you're local in Massachusetts. Elia Markopoulos, especially, we noticed with her at ringside. and uh, they very, A very cool moment to, uh, to see, I'm sure for him as well, to be part of uh, her entrance. They are classmates. For me, a cool moment, uh, having a hand in each of their trainings. So that's a source of pride, I guess, there. Yes. And then there was another another, uh, another luminary uh, in attendance that uh, we saw on the pay-per-view in the audience, Mark <laughs> yes. Sherman. How did you see him, Brian? Well, you know, I was tweeted a picture uh, of he him a- acting a fool. Jumping so. up and down and waving oh, yeah. his arms, yeah. Yeah, he's um, doing a great job. Congratulations, yes. Mark, for appearing on the pay-per-view. <laughs> He's going to be so pissed off. I'm going to get a text about this. So uh, for this one, Brian, they dropped the cell after they made their entrances and they announced the two competitors. And as the cell was coming down, Charlotte blindsides Sasha Banks and the match begins basically on the outside where the tables are. They spill into the audience at one point. And stuff you don't see. Stuff you don't see with the women. So I, uh, right away, giving it the different feel, main event feel. Bravo. Great job. Yeah, definitely. And they came back from the floor, and Charlotte attempts to climb the cage. Sasha tries to stop her, then joins her climbing the cage. 
Sasha knocks Charlotte off the cage. Then Sasha grabs Charlotte in a powerbomb position and drops her through. I don't know if it's a Spanish announce table or not, but it was the announce table at ringside. German, I think it was the German announce table. Okay. But uh, Sasha back first, powerbomb through the table. And the bell hasn't even rung at this point. And they are basically saying that they're going to call off the match. EMTs are called out for Sasha Banks. They're putting her in a neck brace. They're strapping her to a backboard. They start to wheel her to the back. And, and just, I mean, stop for a second and talk sure. about the emotion she's, the, the emotional display that she is putting on. Just so out, outstanding. Yeah. Yes. Outstanding. Basically, yeah, this is my big moment and it's over before it even begins. Yeah. That's, tremendous. Yes. And the uh, announcement starts to be made that Sasha Banks is losing the championship to Charlotte by forfeit. And as Sasha hears these words, she kind of springs to life like the Undertaker on the backboard, tosses referees and EMTs aside, gets into that cage, the door closes, and the bell officially rings, and Sasha selling her back the entire way through. Uh, almost immediately, she is pulled into the ring post. She's monkey flipped into the cage, kind of back first into the cage and then kind of comes down on the back of her neck which is oh my goodness signature bump (laughs) (laughs) a signature sasha banks bump yes so sasha yeah just battling from underneath the entire time sasha went for a bank statement early on but charlotte basically just rolled over picked her up and dumped her over the ropes onto the apron and she tumbled to the floor sasha worked back up hit some baseball slides a dive through the ropes onto Charlotte. There were chairs set up in the ring. There was a, a great tribute to Raven with a drop toe hold by Sasha onto Charlotte, onto that open chair, that set up chair in the ring. But then Charlotte also hit a side suplex back first, of course, onto that open chair, which I'm sure didn't tickle, if you know what I mean, Brian. Well, you wouldn't know. You've never wrestled in a day in your life. <laughs> I got hit with a chair once, though. Oh, okay. It was, it was plastic. Well, keep talking, then. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so at one point, they went back on the outside, and Sasha was boosted up and kind of did the Spider-Man cling onto the cell, and then spun around, jumped off, hit the double knees onto Charlotte, basically hit her in the face. Uh, that was a great spot. There's the Three Amigos, the tribute to Eddie Guerrero suplexes in the ring, followed by a frog splash. There was a kick out there. A bank statement again, and Charlotte slithers to the floor. It gets away because, of course, there are no rope breaks in a match like this. Knees in the corner. You remember the big double knees that she likes to do in the corner? She put a chair underneath and hit the double knees onto the chair. And then the tables came out, Brian. The tables. Yes. So Charlotte set up a table on the floor, so they started battling up on the ropes over this table, and Charlotte kind of came down onto the apron and was kicked off through the table, but the table kind of collapsed. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm guessing there was some sort of bump off the ropes coming from Sasha to to uh, Charlotte on you know on the table, but the table I think the table broke and they weren't. I, I don't think that was the intent uh, in that in that moment there. Yeah, and it seemed to kind of take the starch out of the crowd a little bit. They didn't, like, say, you know, you fucked up or whatever the hell you would say for when a table doesn't cooperate. But it did seem to take the crowd out of it slightly at that point. Yeah, kind of booing or whatever, which, you know, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the crowd. Uh, I didn't like the crowd booing there, uh, something that was out of the girl, you know, the woman's control. So there is a, another table that was brought into the ring. Charlotte Flair takes that table, sets it up in the ring. There is a figure eight attempt by Charlotte on Sasha Banks, but that was broken up. Uh, Sasha reached up, grabbed a chair, and just basically started whacking Charlotte with it. So wherever Charlotte's or her arms or back or side just started whacking her with the chair. There was a forearm exchange back and forth followed by multiple backbreakers by Charlotte, and there was a kickout. Sasha was set up on that table in the ring. Charlotte started to go for the moonsault. Sasha stopped her. Sasha attempted to powerbomb across the ring and collapses because of her back. Charlotte then 
takes Sasha and tosses her violently onto that table a couple times. Table doesn't break. I don't know if they're expecting it to, but regardless, she went there kind of and violently hit this table a couple times. It kind of rolled off and ended up taking the natural selection and a one, two, three, your winner, new champion, Charlotte, and the crowd was in stunned silence. <laughs> yes, we, uh, we had a we had a friend of ours who was there who said the crowd, because I, I texted him, I said, is the crowd really as silent as it sounds on TV? He said, yep, and they're already filtering out before either of the women had even left uh, the ring, which happens. Uh, I mean, uh, you have a hometown crowd, I'm sure, really hoping the hometown girl is going to win. They had a commemorative t-shirt for tonight, and I think WWE has a history of if you're in your hometown, you're probably you're probably losing. Right. Um, and and I think you know again it, the the booking is the booking. I'm not going to play armchair quarterback with the booking. Um, there's no heel woman on the other side for Sasha Banks to feud with currently right now. The only other heel woman I can even think of that's even relatively established on the Raw brand is Dana Brooke, and she just lost to Bailey earlier in the night. However, Bailey is starting to be built. And so I think Charlotte getting the belt back there makes a whole hell of a lot of sense ultimately in the long run for WWE. All right, so what would you say would be your match of the night, Brian, when you look back at the card here? The three Hell in the Cell matches, you got the the Cruiserweight Championship, the Tag Team Championship. What do you think? I, I think the women's match, the women's championship. I mean, the historical context of of this uh, a women's match uh, main eventing a WWE pay-per-view, I never thought I'd see the day ever. I never thought in a million years a women's match would ever main event a WWE pay-per-view. I never thought for a moment they'd ever put the women in a Hell in a Cell. And that's just not WWE forcing something down your throat. That is two extremely talented women who are there both at the same time getting opportunities that other women in the past didn't. I think you certainly could have seen, you know, the last two, you know, last time I kind of think of you have two, you know, two women as this talented on the roster at the same time probably Lita and Trish Stratus, but just outstanding stuff. You know, I think the historical context, that's something people remember for a long time. Right. But I think it might give a slight edge to Owens versus Rollins. Hell in a Cell, to be honest. Not well, to... you're a sexist, Mike. You're a sexist. <laughs> Not to completely just, to, you know, beleaguer your point, if that's the correct word. All right. So that was Hell in a Cell, folks. What did you think of Hell in a Cell? Let us know. Tweet us at the WPAN. Go on Facebook, facebook.com slash WPAN. Let us know. And do you want us to talk about more pay-per-views? We're going to be talking about Survivor Series for sure next month, the dual-branded pay-per-view. I won't be. Well, yeah, you'll be <laughs> body slamming Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but uh, let us know what you think going forward for us. Okay, Merv Griffin time, folks. Merv Griffin time. It's named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld, the talk show within a talk show. Our chance to sit down with the listeners and talk. We talk to you, and most importantly, you talk to us. We get a voicemail here, Brian. Let's get to it right away. If I can fire it up here, let me see. Hey, guys. Big Woody once again. Uh, wow, what a great episode. Brian Webster really is the man. You know, I, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to work with him. And, uh, since you brought up that promo about nothing, and uh, discombobulate is the perfect word. And, yes, uh, that was, in fact, Barry O. When Carm off, it was Jason the Terrible. And that was, I really believe that they worked with the Ultimate Warrior when they put that promo together. But, uh, you know, I also uh, wanted to mention, you talk about worst angles ever in the WWE, and certainly probably one of the most tasteless had to have been when the Big Show's father allegedly died and the Big Boss Man decided to hook the casket up to a tow truck and haul it away in the middle of the funeral. And the parting shot was the Big Show diving onto his dad's casket and body surfing on the casket across the cemetery. Now that's good television. All right, guys, once again, awesome show. Thanks so much. Yes, we did miss that one, did we, Brian? Yes, we certainly did. <laughs> I, I, I threw an idea out to you, Mike, for a show. Why not have the fans out there send their worst angles to us, and we'll talk about them, huh? 
Yeah, what do you guys think? Let us yeah. know on the Twitter at the WPAN if yeah. you want to. And have an interactive episode. Let us know. What do you think? Do you want to have an interactive episode? You drive the content. We'll do the worst WWE angles of all time. You give us the content. We'll break it down. We'll give you shouts out, shout outs and talk about uh, our takes on those angles. That's a good idea, yeah. Brian. Let us know what you think, fans. Yes, indeed. And if you can let us know through voicemail, too, if you want, call 401-584-9726. Of course, that is 401-584-WPAN. All right, the other way to participate here in Rovercraft Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. All right, Sonny Goodspeed checked in, Brian, at Sonny Strut. He said he listened to the WPAN. So far, I've LOL'd two times. At Dink and The Real Deal. <laughs> you called me a dink, I think, at one point. Yes, I did. And we talked about The Real Deal, Joel Davis, you of are, course. You are a dink. That's not nice. So thank you, Sonny. See Goodspeed. ya, dink. Oh, my God. Thanks, Sonny, <laughs> for listening. And uh, we really do have to have you on sometime very soon. Steven, at HHHGuy2004, he gave us his worst WWE angle ever, speaking of that. He says it has to go to a tag team match at Backlash 2006 with Vince and Shane versus HBK and his tag team partner, God. That's a really, that's a really good one. That's yeah. a really good one, Steve. Really good, really, really good, really bad, you mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. a good, good observation by Steven there. I, I, I completely forgot about God and uh, HBK teaming up uh, to take on the McMahons. Uh, TK at THOG94, he says... Maybe next time you review junk pay-per-view so you can call it the $5 bin segment. TK, he's... Uh, uh, yeah, but is that is that too much like $5 wrestling? Well, oh, see, what are you, what are you doing here? Don't take TK's thunder. <laughs> Very sorry. <laughs> thought it was my podcast too, but apparently it's you and TK's. Well, yeah, exactly. All right. You you said you're you know you're going to Disney World. You know you're running off to Ring of Honor. Who knows what's <laughs> going on with you? I gotta get a backup plan going. How about Randall Keo at Randall Keo on Twitter? He says that uh, all good Anthony Green and Cam Zagami versus Brian Malonis and Jimmy Malonis was one of my favorite matches at Chaotic Wrestling. Oh, let's say my back was awfully heavy after that, or hurting off pretty bad after that one. <laughs> what do you mean? You went through a table or something? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is a, a reference to last week's something extra where we talked about the bad booking decisions that you and I have come up with when we were booking for chaotic wrestling. We talked about uh you talked about easier subject for you to discuss than it was for me. <laughs> yeah, we had to really work you into it there. David Ratty at Dave Ratman. The David Ratty question of the week is back, Brian. He says what are some of your favorite WWE entrance themes of all time? What do you think? The Orient Express. Oh, that's I a love good one. that one. one. <laughs> the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Ah, they're all American boys. Yes. Uh, I think maybe my favorite of all time, Demolition. Oh, man, I was just going to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. I could go on on this subject forever. What are some of yours? I thought you were going to say Real American. Come on. <laughs> Now what? I, now that you 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 took my demolition. Uh, yeah, hold on. You know what I liked better than than Real American? That dun 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 dun. Hulk, Hulk. That one. I love that one. It's the rocket. The Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling theme. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So I can't even think. Honky Tonk Man, uh, oh, Dusty Rhodes, the Big Boss Man. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I could tell you one. I know. I know you love. You're only smoking mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> and you would just sing that constantly. <laughs> yeah, a little uh yeah, a little Cody Rhodes. What's wrong with that? That's, yeah. This is that would I just gonna that's another episode idea, Mike. WWE or, or pro wrestling theme music. Just us singing theme songs for an hour? I don't know. I, I love it. I love the idea. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe not the whole episode, maybe a segment. I don't know. I love I love uh wrestling entrance music. All right, well thanks, Dave Ratty, for the question. Uh, hope to hear from you again next week. Thanks to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffin Time. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, hearing your voicemails, and we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. All right, Brian, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Bailey and Dana again? No, no, Brian, not that. 
No, no, that's definitely not that. Let's just stop. What BDA Radio really means is the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, and much more. Free hugs at BDARadio.com. Who's giving the free hugs? Is it a chat of 5,000? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you never know. Now, the- now there's a dink. okay brian let's get to that promo about nothing all right brian we talked about the women the main evented hell in a cell tonight let's see just how far women's wrestling has come oh boy (laughs) this is from the early 90s brian there was a group that was exclusively for ladies called the lpwa the ladies professional wrestling organization all right so this is an interview, a sit-down interview conducted by one Ken Resnick, who was from the AWA. He also did work of the WWF. And he is interviewing a tag team known, and we'll find out why, Brian, they were known as the Rappers. Oh, boy. I decided to ask the Rappers, Veronica and Nikki, over to my house to try and, if you will, get a little up-close and personal First off, now I understand you both grew up together in Las Vegas, but you're really very young, especially to be in professional wrestling. Just how old are you? We're both 21 years old. What made you decide to get into professional wrestling? Obviously, you're both very attractive. To me, it's a little bit of an unusual occupation. Well, we're both very physical athletic girls, and we thought it's a way to express our creativity and combine it with that physical strength that we have. So you both have a kind of an athletic or amateur background? Yes, yes. You know, your collegiate high school sports and then on into professional wrestling. Why did you suddenly come up with the name Rappers? I understand there's a reason for it, but you really haven't revealed it as yet. Well, well, it's Nikki and Veronica. The rapping team. It's real. It's reality. This isn't a dream. Our minds are transcendental. Our bodies monumental. The fact that we're both slammers. It's just coincidental. And now that we're here, the show may begin. Because Nikki and Ronnie are ready to win. Well, it's obvious why you came up with a nickname, uh, Rappers. It certainly fits. Now, you ended that by saying ready to it's win. Actually something worse I've than noticed that the, the promoters shuffle. seem to always be putting you against some of the top tag teams in the LPWA. Do you ever kind of wish you could maybe go up against some teams that were ranked a little lower? Uh, could you get that for me, please? Thank you. Uh, it wouldn't be too bad to, I mean, as far as the perspective of winning, but the experience we get with these girls in the ring and it just helps our confidence to know that they think enough of us to put us up against the top teams. We have potential and we'd like to show it. Well, there's no question you have potential. Any final or parting words you have? If your mind can conceive it and your heart can believe it, then your, your body, body will achieve it. Well, one thing for certain, rappers, wherever you disappear to, wherever you are today, we certainly wish you well. We certainly wish you well. Wait, wait, they left after that promo? (laughs) They showed that promo after they had already exited the promotion? (laughs) Makes sense, right? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I I, I didn't think I'd ever hear anything as bad as the Dirt Sheet Shuffle, but now I think I found where you got your inspiration. Yeah, so they're they're rappers. (laughs) And if you didn't see the video, there's there's one very buxom... uh, white woman and one african-american woman and why are you gonna put labels mike (laughs) (laughs) they just don't seem like two rappers i'll tell you what uh, based on the time frame that this came from i was expecting two african-american women dressed like salt and pepper i really was like i really was just because of the time frame in wrestling the racial insensitivity that has permeated the wrestling business from its inception I just was expecting the most ridiculous, over-the-top, stereotypical 
Salt and pepper, I think. Well, this was like in the nineties at some point, yeah, right? Early nineties. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting salt and pepper to be sitting there, like a complete ripoff. This is more progressive than I thought. I, you know, we said this is how far wrestling has come. Maybe this is more along the line than we than we thought it would be. Well, it was just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever era it was, it was horrible. At one point, uh, a phone rings in the background, and yeah, there was no payoff. I was waiting for a payoff for it. I thought there was going to be like a payoff to no, that. No, it was just a phone ringing during a, a an interview that they. Hey, somebody get that. For me. <laughs> yeah, so you should really go check this out, folks, if you haven't seen it. The lovely tag team known as the Rappers, who were apparently gone before they even really got started. But check them out by going to the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. That was our promo about nothing for this week. And let's, uh, before we get out of here, Brian, let's do a little. Mutual Admiration Society, of course, checking the boots. Shocking that they're first. Checking the boots at Referee Tony S, at Chip KCTB. They are doing their thing and doing it well. They're doing it and doing it and doing it well. If we're getting into some rapping, <laughs> Brian. Oh so check out Checking the Boots, the Hurricane Rana podcast, Facebook Live, every Wednesday night. Check them out at the Hurricane Rana. Of course, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast at Rundown Podcast on Twitter. Adam Salzer, Jason Stewart, check them out. The New Era Podcast at the New Era Pod. Check out the Pipe Bomb with McCool and company. They're on the NEI Network. Actually, we should cool probably... Cool and the gang? Is that... No, McCool and company. Oh. Get with it, will you? <laughs> we probably should mention Scotty Slade. Scotty Slade has got a new show that's coming soon to the New Age Insiders Network, so make sure you check that out. It should be coming next month. He's been a, a guest here in the past and hopefully a guest in the future, Brian. And finally, A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar, BDA Radio's MMA podcast with Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr. You can subscribe in all the usual places or find the episodes at BDARadio.com. Okay, Brian? You, now more than ever, are hitting the highways and byways, <laughs> crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. I got dates, Mike. I'm a tired, tired man from crisscrossing this great nation of ours, but <laughs> it's all worth it at the end of the day. So this week, coming up on also a very special day. Happy birthday this week, Mike. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday this week, you big 5-0. Uh, Everybody on Twitter, go to Twitter this week on Friday the 4th. Wish Michael a happy 50th birthday. It's a big <sighs> one for him. He's a little down in the dumps over it. But, <clears throat> you know, what they say 50 is the new 30, right? I think so. <laughs> but this Friday night, more importantly, is Top what? Rope Promotions in Bridgewater, Mass. Okay, uh, that's a little more important. <laughs> go to brownpapertickets.com and uh, check out Top Rope Promotions on Facebook and Twitter. Demolition uh, will be in the house. Wow. I won't be wrestling them. I'll be wrestling a guy who can't even spell my freaking name, the Lumberjake. <laughs> so I'm pretty Lumberjake might not even be able to spell his own name. So uh, I guess I well, you're probably, done with him, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think in general. I don't think he's oh. the sharpest tool in the shed, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> so go for the uh, go to hear the Demolitions theme song and stay for the Kingpin, right? There you go. And then Sunday, a big one, Mike. Beyond Wrestling, the Kingpin versus Chris. Hero. That's this Sunday. That's right. Big Beyond Doubleheader Tournament for today. There's a women's and a men's tournament. First round action takes place on the 2 p.m. show. Semifinals and finals take place on the 6 p.m. show. Keith Lee will be there. Zach Sabre Jr., Chris Hero. Brian Fury will face off with Warbeard Hansen for the final time. Uh, all sorts of names. Go to beyondwrestlingonline.com. And uh, also check them out on Facebook and Twitter. Very active on social media. Where is that again? That is in Providence? That is in Providence at All the right. Aurora. Thanks, Mike, for, sure. for uh, reminding me of that there. I'm a little tired. The brain's not firing on all cylinders. That is my last event before going on a nice vacation to Walt Disney World. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I come back, Mike. I land at 1 a.m. on November 23rd. And then that night, November 23rd, what's become a Thanksgiving Eve tradition, UFO Wrestling Boston and Southie 
Uh, this will be a fun one. Find UFO Wrestling online. Brian Fury will be there. I will be defending the UFO Heavyweight Championship against Teddy Goods. Looking to add to his collection of championships. Not going to happen at the Kingpin's expense. Spoiler alert. Oh. But yeah, Thanksgiving Eve, uh, you're going to want to be in South Boston. Uh, and not with your family, because the hell with them. You're going to see them all day on Sunday. <laughs> and then on Thursday, on- you mean. Thursday, thank you. Jesus, I am <laughs> tired. Uh, and then on the 26th of November, top rope promotions again, Brockton, Mass. Uh, more details will be coming out on that show soon online. Yeah, and that's it for my month of November. I got a busy November, buddy. Wow. Yeah. Very good. Of course, you can book the Kingpin by emailing brianmalonis at comcast.net or slide into the old DMs at Brian Malonis on Twitter. Yeah, December's looking a little light. Let's fill up that calendar. I know a lot of, not a lot of places run in December, but let's fill up that calendar. Contact the Kingpin, huh? All right. Huh? huh? One of these, huh? <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, Brian, we're going to talk about the contest that we're running through the end of November. The winner gets a free Kingpin combo pack, a color 8x10, and an I'm a Pinhead Kingpin Brian Malonis t-shirt. All you have to do is go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Our pal John Morse, my best friend, John Morse, the man behind the resurgence of the Win a Date with Todd Sinclair campaign, he has already entered. Thank you, John, for that. So get over to iTunes. The easiest way to do it is to do a search in the podcast app on your iPhone. Even if you're subscribed, do a search for the wrestling podcast about nothing, find the show, click the reviews tab, and leave your review. Don't let John Morris just get this thing. Give him a challenge. Write your own review. You write your own five-star review, and you'll be entered into the contest. We will pick a winner at random to win the Kingpin Combo Pack. So be sure to do that. For more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, head over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk bdaradio.com of course we will be back on thursday with a new something extra bonus audio for the wrestling podcast about nothing and of course you will see us here next monday with episode 29 of the show until then he is the kingpin brian malonis i am mike crockett and thanks for nothing